This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to, um, Sean and I are going to do a Mother's Day message today, sort of. And uh, back um, last couple months, a few of y'all have asked when Sean and I were going to get up here together. We hadn't talked together in a long time, so I thought, well, what better time than Mother's Day to actually have a mother on the stage as well? So, y'all welcome my wife. <laughs> so it is a Mother's Day message. Ish. 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 Now, some of y'all are thinking, oh, great, Mother's Day. Oh, what, all you guys, why in the world did I come? Because my mama made me. That's right. Oh, she'd have been mad. <sighs> 40 years old, my mama made me come. Um, <laughs> but we're going, to, uh, we're going to talk. The message today is, is going to be for everyone. And, and really, um, I don't know how much of a Mother's Day message it actually really is. But we thought it would be great to talk today about one of the greatest mothers in the Bible. And that would be, in my opinion, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so we're going to talk for a few minutes about what we can, uh, what we can learn from Mary. But this really kind of struck me a, few, um, a number of years ago. I, I think I've said this before, but, but several years ago, Sean and I took a, a Greek class at uh, Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church over on Highland. And we were over there um, on, on Friday. Any of y'all go over for the Greek festival? I saw a few folks out there. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the Greek food is, man, that's just awesome. So anyway, um, we're over to the Greek Orthodox Church taking this Greek class from Father Viron, who is, who is uh, just finished, just wrapped up his 43rd or 44th annual class that he does. He's 92 years old, this retired Greek Orthodox priest. And um, anyway, he took, uh, he took us on a tour of the, uh, of the sanctuary. With the, uh, he, he's retired, but he took us through with the residing priest, Father Cook, who uh, was raised Assembly of God. I was like, Wow. Guys raised spirit-filled and now a Greek Orthodox priest. And so we were talking about, he was asking about our church, what we were like. And he goes, oh, let me show you around and tell you why we do the things we do and how, what our service is like. And so he took us from the front door and walked in and said, we first light a candle. And uh, he goes, I know you think that's a little weird when you walk into church lighting a candle. But he said to us, it's kind of a recentering, remembering why we're coming together. He goes, Jesus is the light of the world. And so we light that candle to, to bring ourselves back together and to remind ourselves of why we're coming together. And that it's all about Jesus. And he said, we place, it, we place it in the sand. And he said, then we walk toward the sanctuary. And then they have the statue of Mary, this, this icon of Mary. And he said, we bend over and we kiss her feet. And he looked and he goes, I know you think that's kind of weird. And I was like, well, you know, I can't lie. Uh, a little odd. And, um, and he said, but here's, here's the thing. He said, um, he, said, he said, we're Greek Orthodox. He said, we're not even Catholic. He said, we don't, he said, we don't worship Mary. He said, we don't pray to Mary. He said, we believe that Jesus is the way and the only way. He said, however, we recognize the fact that God honored her above every human being that lived on the face of the earth with the privilege of birthing the Savior and Redeemer of the world. And he said, if God honored her, he goes, it was just kind of our thought that maybe we should honor her too. And I said, hmm. I'm thinking, well, I'm still not going to bend over and kiss a statue, but okay. You know, I was kind of like, I was kind of like, that kind of makes sense. And I, I was thinking about that as, as Sean and I were talking over the last two weeks about this whole thing. As we talk about Mary and what we can learn about her. And that's one of the big things we want to talk about is honor and favor. But we're going to start in Luke chapter 1. And this is going to sound like a Christmas message because we're going to start with Gabriel coming to Mary. It's not July yet, so we can't celebrate Christmas in July. But, uh, but you can follow along with us. You've got the version. Uh, you can follow along with the version Bible app. Um, did we ever get the title of our message up there? There it is. The biggest butts of the Bible. What better title for Mother's Day? Everybody say big butts. We're going to talk today about big butts. And so. We're not talking about these butts, okay? No, it's Mother's Day. Uh, we're, we're talking about these. No, we're I'm talking. <laughs> we're talking about excuses, all right? And we're having a play on the word butts. So, um. Don't, don't is, get offended. There's is, only one T. There's don't only, get offended. We've done this on purpose, and it's because we're hope when you leave today that it's not just another message. You're like, eh, church was good. I'll tell you a sentence about it. But um, it's something that we really hope inspires every single person that's in here is a believer to be all that God's called them to be. How many of you guys know that God has a purpose for your life? And it's more than being here on a Sunday morning sitting in a chair. He has a purpose for your life every single day. And so I just encourage you, as we go through this message today, um, 
Know that the Lord speaks. Know that he's going to speak to you this morning. And when we bring up different things, you know, you've got paper and pen and notes inside your service guide. Write down what the Lord's saying to you this morning because I believe that he's got something for every single person here. And as we talk about buts, he's going to say, oh, what's your but? What's your excuse? And then at the end, he's going to challenge you to say, okay, am I going to dismiss and get rid of those and do what God's called me to do, or I'm going to let the butts and excuses keep me from being all that Who's God's called me to be? Who's ready to get rid of their big butt? Come on. So write it down. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. But we are going to start right here in Luke um, chapter 1, and I want you guys just to follow along with me right here. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. I think this is the point where I might be freaking out <laughs> if it was an angel talking to me. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? So basically what she's saying, but God, I'm a virgin. How in the world is that possibly going to happen? There's no way... I haven't done the act to produce a child. How's this going to happen, right? Um, verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who, has called, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, I love this part, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. So we got here, God speaking. Y'all realize in the Bible, it had been... 400 years since the last time that we see biblically that God had actually spoken, like through one of the prophets or anything else. So you got, you know, this is beginning of the, this is the New Testament. And so you had the prophets who were speaking the Old Testament, but for 400 years, biblically, as far as we know, biblically, for 400 years, God had been silent. And suddenly, after 400 years, all of a sudden, God is speaking to a teenage girl. And actually, many believe, you know, in, during that day, you could actually be betrothed to a man at 10 years old. And you could be married within a year. Uh, many believe that Mary was 12 to 13 years old when Gabriel appeared and spoke to her. And that she was between 13 and 14 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. So, this is huge. And so, we want to talk, we're just going to talk for a minute about three things that we can take away from this story about Mary. So the first thing I want us to take away is that God uses ordinary people. Am I the only ordinary person in this room? All of us are, right? All of us in here. Now, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, but, say but. This is in your notes. But your assignment won't be difficult. It will be impossible. I mean, when you look at this passage, you know, you see Mary was like, how in the world am I going to birth Jesus, right? It looked impossible. And then also, I don't go, we didn't actually read about it, but it talked about Elizabeth. What do we know about Elizabeth from this passage? She was barren. She was old. That's right, Rich. She was old. She was past childbearing ages. And what happened? The impossible. God used what in the natural looked like the impossible and made it possible, right? And so who do we know that she gave birth to? John, John who we know was the forerunner for Christ in the New Testament, right, to bring Jesus to being. And so here we see Mary. We're just going to talk about Mary today. She was a teenager. She was planning her wedding. She was going about her normal, everyday business. We don't see that there was anything just super special about her. She wasn't royalty. She didn't just, you know, she wasn't all that. She wasn't on, you know, who got married? Who's getting married soon? Princess, somebody to... Prince Harry to... Yeah, you know, nothing special. Whoever. She was just an ordinary 
young girl. Um, Nothing special about her. Ordinary, just like most of us. Um, And right here in verse 28 and 29, I found this interesting. It said, she didn't wonder if this was an angel. She wondered what the greeting meant. I don't know. If an angel came to me, how would you respond? I don't know. I'd be like, whoa, this is an angel? Or, you know, she wasn't questioning the angel. She was questioning, okay, what kind of greeting is this? You know, in verse 29, it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And so what we see there is that she actually engaged the angel in conversation. She asked questions and she committed herself to the words that he said. And so because of that, we probably can conclude that this is a good indicator that she had a heart after God, right? She wasn't just totally, she had a clue, right? How many of you guys have a clue? If you're in here, you should have a clue. Um, So she had a clue. We could probably conclude that she already believed in God, loved in God, and kind of knew the ways of the Lord. Um, But what I love about this is that she was an ordinary person chosen to birth God into this world. That's a pretty incredible, pretty incredible call. But here's the thing is that God births things into this world every day through ordinary people just like me and just like you. Every single day. You know, a lot of times we pray. I don't know if you've ever done this, but, you know, Lord, send revival. Send revival. And oftentimes I feel like the Lord's saying, I already did. I sent you. I sent you to go into the workplace. I sent you to be an example in your family. I sent you to be an example to your neighbor. So many times we're waiting for something we picture. And God's saying, go. Go. In Sunday school this morning we learned about the Holy Spirit is inside of us, right? Christ is inside of us. God's inside of us. We are the hands and feet of the Lord, and he's saying, go, be, do what I have told you to do. And so we've got to recognize that the hope of the world is not the government. It is the church, guys. It is ordinary people that obey God, that they do what he says. You and I, all of us in here, have been called to do the same thing as Mary, to bring Jesus on earth to our generation right now. She may have physically given birth to him, but we are called to do the same thing. We are called to share him with other people. Next thing right here is that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, but, go ahead and say it, but we have to be available to his purposes, right? You know, when the angel came, Mary didn't go like, see ya, and check out. What did she do? She stayed. She had conversation. She got instruction. And then how did she end it? Okay, I'll go do it. So she made herself available. She made herself available to do what God wanted her to do. Um, You know, God, you don't have to have great ability. You need to have great availability. And I think in today's society, man, we, am I the only one that feels like I'm super busy sometimes? <laughs> no, probably almost everybody in here. And sometimes the Lord's just saying, slow down, listen to me, and be used by me. And a perfect example is actually yesterday, Rob and I um, walked the neighborhood. Um, for those of you that are on Facebook, know that Rob recently uh, got elected as uh, president of the Homeowners Association. He, he sent me a text. And he's like, guess what? I just um, got elected president against my will. And um, so we kind of have an ongoing joke here. But we had our neighborhood association garage sale yearly thing yesterday. And so as the great president, you know, that he is, he's like, well, I need to go meet some of these people, right? So we get up and with the intention of let's just go walk the neighborhood and let's meet the neighbors and let's talk to the neighbors and let's begin to build relationship with the neighbors. And um, walked around, met a bunch of different people. But here's the point. We walked across this one lady's yard, and she's an older lady, you know, kind of hunched over. She has her walker, but she's got probably 10,000 potted flowers in her front yard, backyard, and side yard, right? And so here she is. And so we intentionally, with her walk, pushing her walker for the water to water the plants, um, you know, in that moment, we could have just been like, hey, good to see you. But what did we do? Or should I say, what did Rob do? Is um, we engaged her in conversation. We talked to her. And she actually brought up a need that she had of, you know, I need this new water hose hooked to my outlet so I don't have to do this, right? And so what did we do? We stopped, unhooked the old, hooked up the new, and was a blessing. 
Here's the point, guys, is that's being the hands and feet of Jesus. Did we in that moment pray for her? No. Did we in that moment say, do you know Jesus? No. But we began to develop a relationship where we can speak into her life. We begin to develop a friendship with her. And normally what I would have been is like, Rob, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. I'm not here to talk to anybody. I'm here to walk. This is exercise. I've got to get my 10,000 steps in for the day. And sometimes the Lord is just saying, stop being busy. You don't have to have the best. Slow down and be available. Listen to me so that I can use you. And this is my challenge is we need to say yes to him. We need to be available to be used by God. Last point under number point one is God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. But, go ahead and say it, but but it will not be about how gifted we are, but about how willing we are. You know, sometimes we'll just use the excuse of, well, somebody else can do it better. If the Lord's telling you to do it, just do it. Get rid of your excuses. Oh, but somebody else should do it. Or, oh, they're better at it. They'd be a better communicator. They, would, they look prettier. They, they already are doing it. No, stop making excuses and be willing to do what God's called you to do. He looks for people that believes he is who he is and will do what he says to do. We see right here, you know, Mary, basically the angel came and it's like, will you accept your divine ex- assignment? And what did she say? Yes. And so my question to you is, will you accept your divine, ex- divine assignment this morning? And can I give this example? I want to give an example of this. So somebody tell me what point one is. That's number one on your piece of paper. Okay, here's what I hear. Um, God uses ordinary people, right? Um, We've got to be willing. And let me just give you an example of this. You know, it was probably almost maybe 10 years ago. I'm not good with dates. But um, it's when the women's ministry kind of began here at Harvest. And I remember meeting with Tracy Cole, and the Lord had kind of put something on her heart. And, you know, she's like, yeah, I really feel like the Lord kind of wants you to lead this here at Harvest. And I remember I gave the Lord the list of my butts. (laughs) But, Lord, I'm only in my 30s. But, Lord, there's, like, all the women on this team are older than me, probably know more of the Bible than me, probably, I know, have lived longer than me. But, Lord, I don't know what to say. But, Lord, what if I mess up? What if I hurt somebody's feelings? What if I say the wrong things? What if I don't represent your word the way that it's supposed to? I I had my list of buts. But I knew that the Lord had told me, Shauna, this is your time. And I remember the beginning of that year, it was a time of prayer and fasting. And I remember I was talking with the Lord, and he said, Shauna, he said, this year, every opportunity that you were given to speak or preach at church, um, I want you to take it. (laughs) And then I love what the Lord does. It was not even a couple weeks later, and Pastor Bob's like, well, Shauna, why don't you do the small group Sunday promotion sermon this Sunday? And I was like, Ugh. and like in the natural, I knew I had all kinds of excuses. Like my kids got this and I'm going to be out of town this weekend. And the Lord reminded me, Shauna, what did I tell you? And so I want to encourage you guys, you know, for me, it's been ministry. It's been women's ministry. It's even being on the platform now. Um, It might look different for all of us, but what is Lord asking you to do? And you're letting the butts keep you from fulfilling what God's called you to do. So, point one, God uses ordinary people. Point number two, God's favor is for a purpose. And favor is a funny thing. You know, you'll see there in your notes, God gives us favor, but it's not for status it's for service. And I think that we in the Spirit-filled church can be a little funny when it comes to favor sometimes. We almost like to flaunt our favor. Well, I walk in favor, brother. I walk in the favor of the Lord. All things work together for my good. Woo! Yeah, why? And we think that because we pull into a packed parking lot and the person right up at the front by the door pulls out. It's like, <gasps> we pull, we get the front space. We're like, favor, favor. <laughs> right? Or our steak at the restaurant is a little undercooked, and we're like, tell the waiter, oh, my steak's undercooked. And they're like, oh, we're going to comp that. We're like, favor, favor. I walk in favor. But let me tell you something. Favor, God does not give us his favor just because, man, I just want them to be happy today, so I'm just going to heap favor. It's not about that. 
And it's not, certainly not about our status in the church. God gives us favor for his service. It's for the kingdom. And I think that's something we can learn from Mary. Number one, let me mention to you, the angel said to her twice, he mentions how highly favored she is. So what did she think that meant? Think she was about to get a reality TV show or something? Right? That's what we would think. Oh, I'm about to give you favor. You're, you're about to be a new bride. You're, God's favor is coming upon you. So we think we're about to be Joanna Gaines or something and, and have our own show. Or we're about to, you know, somebody's about to give us, you know, the ultimate dress or, you know, whatever it may be. We have all these ideas of favor. To us, many times favor is stuff. But do you realize what God is asking Mary to do here? Favor is not for status. Favor is, favor is to serve a broken world. The next thing in your notes there, God gives us favor, but sometimes it, can be, it will be risky and sometimes messy. Favor, it will be risky and sometimes messy because of what he's called us to do. Look, when you have God's favor, your world is going to be shaken. Your world is going to be turned upside down. And the funny thing is, many times we tend to think that when our world is shaken and turned upside down, we think we're not walking in God's favor. That things just aren't going right. What do you think Mary thought? God basically comes to Mary and says, hey, I know you're an engaged virgin. You're about to get pregnant. Go tell your fiance. <laughs> Say what? Go tell your mama. <laughs> Go tell his mama. Right? He could have easily, she didn't know what was going to happen. He could have easily put her away, walked away from her, and had her stoned to death. It was completely within the law because she was pregnant without being married. But she was walking in God's favor. You think it felt like it to her in that moment? Do you think the favor that she received in that moment, do you think it felt the same to her as when we get the parking space that we wanted? Woo! Favor. Right? Favor is for God's service. We think that when things aren't going our way, we aren't walking in favor. But God says, no, when you walk in my favor, your world is going to be shaken. It's going to be turned upside down. Mary could have been ostracized by her community. There she was, maybe 12, 13 years old. And she had to face this with courage. She had to trust God and what he said. The favor of God many times will mean that you lose the favor of man. Not everybody's going to think that you're awesome sauce. <laughs> Are you willing to receive God's favor and risk losing the favor of man? Are you willing to look foolish? Are you willing to receive God's favor for service rather than for status? Next thing in your notes there, God gives us favor, but God's purpose is often different than our plans. Guys, we don't have to understand everything. We've just got to trust God. Then we're walking in his will. We're walking in his favor. Even if it looks like the world's crumbling down around us. We know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Our own understanding. We love leaning on our own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. This is a choice that Mary had to make. Okay, God, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense biologically. This is impossible. I'm going to have to explain it to my fiance, but I'm going to submit to you. She said, may it be done according to your word and what you've said. She welcomed it. Said, and he will make your path straight. I think many times we get a glimpse of what we're going or where we're going and what God has for us. And then we try to get it all figured out step by step along the way. We try to control it. Any of y'all kind of like that? You like to be in control. You like to know step by step the way exactly things are. So God tells us, I'm going to do, do this with you. And you're like, woo. And so we got the plan. We got it all planned out. And all of a sudden, the road goes off a totally different direction than we ever expected it to. And, you know, we were talking about how, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, some of y'all know, um, I started working for a guy who was a part of our church for years and worked for about five years for him. And some of you know, last year uh, he retired and company folded. And some of y'all know he just sold his house and, and family moved to North Carolina near his son. But, um, but I jumped back in with both feet and I'm coming back in, you know, and, you know, ready for the next phase uh, in my life and ministry here at the church. And, and I was talking to dad the other day. I said, all of a sudden I, that company folded and I've got all these, I've got all these customers coming to me 
And you know, how many know in those moments where you know where God's leading you to go and you've, you've kind of turned a chapter and you know where you're headed now and all of a sudden there's something else opens up and you're finding favor in that direction. You're going, okay, Lord, I don't want to be distracted. Is this you? I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And you're, you're second guessing and you're, 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 you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. And sometimes things don't look the way you think. And, I, and one thing I learned in this is you can't immediately assume you know what you're supposed to do. Nope. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. Sometimes God opens up other doors along the way to bless us and to allow us to be able to continue to step forward in what he's called us to do. And we've just simply, we've got to be open. We've got to trust him. And we've got to not try to figure it out on our own, but we've got to allow him to order our steps, to lead and guide our steps along the way. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Does this make sense? So that's the second thing I want to mention. We love favor, but God's favor it's not just for us. God's favor comes upon our life to shake the world. It's for a purpose. It's for his kingdom. I don't want to just add to that. I mean, he's giving you your favor to complete the task he's asking you to do, not to make your life easier. That's right. Make sense? It's to, he gives you that favor with people in different situations to accomplish the task and the mission, the call that he's placed upon your life. And um, kind of wanted to yeah, and, and even in the midst of the job I was working and stuff, you know, in leaving that, you know, I had good income and such, but we walked away from it. It's like, all right, God, we trust you with our income, you know, from here forward. And all of a sudden, all these new opportunities have opened up in the last six months, and I'm able to make three to four times what I was making before in a, in a very short period of time. Just, just amazing. All of a sudden, something was unexpected, and all of a sudden, God comes through. And, and you know, to me, that's, that's favor because of the liberty and the freedom that it gives us in ministry. All right, point number three here is God looks for people who will say yes. Say yes. Yes. All right, so God looks for people who will say yes. Mary said yes and delivered Jesus into the world. I mean, we know that God doesn't force anything upon everybody. So in that moment, I don't think if she said no, he'd be like, uh-uh, I'm going to do it anyways. Because we don't see that in Scripture. That's not his character. That's not his way. She said, okay, God. Let's do this. Let's do this. She said yes to bringing Jesus into this world. And in the same way, you know, how can we deliver Christ to our generation? And so God looks for people who will say yes. Now, let me tell you this. When you say yes, more times than not, you're going to be scared. He's not asking you to say yes to something that's easy. He's not asking you to say yes to something that's convenient. He's not asking you to say yes to something that you're like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. I got that. Remember, we said he asked us to do the impossible. Well, to do the impossible, we may be a little bit scared in the natural, right? Yes. <laughs> we will probably well, be Well, it's apprehension. Scared. We're having to give up our control and but trust But what God. we know is even in Scripture right here, what did the angel say to her? He said, fear not. So fear is a normal response. What? You want me to carry the cross? You know, I mean, Mary probably had those thoughts of what's the, what, what are my neighbors going to say? What is my mom going to say? What's my dad going to say? What's my fiance going to say? You know, we talked about how she could have physically been stoned to death. Okay, she knew all these things. These things crossed her mind. They crossed oh, yeah. her mind when she was having that conversation with the angel. Mm -hmm. But that favor was for a purpose, Right. Lord's saying, I've got your back. I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to give you provision. I'm going to make a way. And so many times the things that hold us back from bringing God forth in our world is that we are afraid of what it will cost us in terms of reputation, in terms of relationships, resources. So many times we stop right here because we're crippled by the fear. We're crippled. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. What will my husband think? What will my kids think? What will my mama think? What will my best friend think? That's just what? You know you do it. All of you do it. All of us do it. Um, and so the enemy will always try and send a spirit of fear. In order to do this, we must what? Resist the fear because we know that fear comes from who? The enemy. The enemy, right? Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but instead what? Power, Power, love, love and, sound and a mind. sound mind. You know, our society today is so crippled by fear that we as believers must dispel that fear and have that, I've heard the expression, God, Godfidence, confidence, confidence in the Lord. Okay, God, you told me to do this. You're going to have my back, and you're going to make the way known. And 
It reminded me of, how many, how many of you watched Doomsday Preppers? Nobody. Nobody's watching Doomsday Preppers okay, before? Oh, yeah. Few, I, like, yeah. The guys. Yeah, I yeah. see the guys. Some of the guys are hands. Oh, there's up. a girl hand over there. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I'm fascinated. I, I think it's fascinating watching these folks who are preparing for the apocalypse. I mean, the zombies, they're, they're coming. <laughs> and they are building their bunkers, and they're ready for World War III. And what happens if there's nuclear fallout, and people try to take my food, and everything else? I mean, it's fascinating. But you know, you see Christians doing the same stuff. Hoarding food, huge stashes of food. And look, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing sometimes. I, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's good to have a plan. Uh, we had a lady, talking about the Neighborhood Association, we had a lady yesterday who was like, she wants to organize a, a get-together to talk about what to do in... in uh, when the earthquake hits. You know, well, she didn't say that specifically. Yes, she did. Oh, she did. Um, but... <laughs> In the wake, of a, in the wake of a natural disaster or something, how the neighborhood can be prepared and come together to be there for each other. And I think there's wisdom. There's wisdom to prepare because things are going to happen in life, right? But when we're, when we're stepping forth in fear, when we're so afraid of what's going to happen and, you know, and, and, it, and it's all about us, then we, we've missed the whole point. Guys, we're not supposed to go hide in some bunker somewhere. No matter how bad the world gets, we're not supposed to go hide away in some bunker. We're here to be the light of the world, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how evil it gets, no matter how it's shaken by natural disasters or whatever else. We're, we're called to be the light, and we can't be the light in some oxygen-deprived bunker. Kind of reminds me this morning, I was thinking about, how do you guys remember that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm not going to, or I'm going to let you, don't hide it under a bushel, no, no, I'm going to let it shine. Um, thank you for kind of singing that. Yeah. Um, Guys, as believers, so many Christians go into hiding to endure till the end, and that's not what he's called us to do. We are called to be a light in this dark world. We are called to be a light, even if we're trembling a bit, little bit, even if per persecution's going to come, it's promised. Get ready for it. Don't say, oh, he wants me comfortable in my little house with no problems, with two and three and no more. No. Don't hide it. You have got to be that example. You have got to be Christ to everybody that's afraid and um, that's in your path. But we're talking about fear. And I want to say this is, you know, a lot of times we just have to do it afraid until we're not afraid anymore. Okay? And sometimes when the Lord's telling us to do something, and let me give you an example of that. How many of you guys know the transitions that we have here between worship, where we come up, and um, like what Zach did today? You guys know that? Come up and do that. Um, Dude, I don't know, it's two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, Rob's like, okay, I want you to do transition today. I know most of you guys think that I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that. I was like, uh, okay, are you sure there's not somebody else? You know, and, but what did I do? Okay, Lord, I know that's something you've called me to do, and I know you are going to give me the strength to do it, and I'm going to do it afraid until it becomes comfortable. And, you know, I think we can all relate to that in something. If it means sharing your faith with somebody in the workplace, if it means praying with somebody, um, I mean, whatever, you know, do it afraid until it becomes comfortable. But don't let fear keep you from doing what God has called and, you to do. And that's what do. fear does. Fear paralyzes us so that we don't act of faith and step out in our faith. Fear is opposite of faith. So, um, so fear can totally hold us up. As Sean and I were starting to talk about this and starting to work on this message a couple weeks ago, uh, we listened to a, a message that Christine Kane did, and, um, and it was kind of along these lines, talking about Mary and, and that kind of thing. And she, um, and she mentioned in there, some of you know that she had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer, I believe. She had thyroid cancer. Talked about how it was, she was on a plane, she was flying back for the Hillsong Conference to speak at the Hillsong Conference in Australia, and uh, the plane landed, and her doctor called when the plane landed. She had a message from a doctor, and it was saying that she had thyroid cancer, and it was bad. And, um, and she was having to calm her doctor down in the midst of that. But she basically, she told her doctor something that I thought was, was really powerful. She said, look, there's no worries here. She said, one of three things is going to happen. Either I'm going to continue to stand and believe my healing, and I'm going to be healed. Or secondly, I'm going to continue to stand for my healing and I'm going to be healed through the doctor and through the medication that God will use. Or thirdly, worst case scenario, I'm going to die and I'm going to be healed as I stand in the presence of Jesus. She said, I win. And I thought, there's, there's, no, need, there's no need to fear. 
God's looking for people who will say yes and won't cower to fear and, and, and won't have their, their faith paralyzed by their fear. So talking about Mary again, you know, the angel said, Mary, fear not. Um, you won't be able, she couldn't have worked that out in the natural, right? It was only God's favor upon her. And so fear oftentimes will cause us to say no when God is saying yes. And so our challenge today is that we will say yes to what God is asking us to do. So many times fear has caused us to step back, not take a risk, and has kept us from doing what God has called us to do. And so God looks for people who will say yes, but, go ahead and say it, but but you must accept that your life will be forever interrupted. You know, when you accept that path, it's not going to be easy. Things are going to come. Curveballs are going to come. You will, you know... Mary had to stop planning her wedding, guys. All of a sudden, here's a baby. You know, she wasn't expecting. I mean, her world was turned upside down in that moment. And so, you know, the same thing may happen with us. We've got to be willing to be interrupted and let God do what God wants to do. God looks for people who will say yes, but what God calls you to do won't be part of your strategic plan. My list. But God, that's not part of my plan. No, it's his. I started making a list. But I'm too young, but I'm too old, but I don't have enough money, but I'm afraid, but I'm not qualified, but I didn't graduate from high school, but I'm an introvert, but I'm a woman, but my family might reject me, but my kids might not like me, but I don't have the time, but I'm not strong enough. But this, but that. There's always another but, isn't there? And the funny thing is we think God doesn't know. We think God doesn't know these things already. Our butts don't take God by surprise. (laughs) And here's the funny thing. You know, in reality, the root of all this is pride. Because we have this idea that our limitations are greater than our ability to do what God has called us to do through his strength and favor. Well, my limitations are just too big, God. I'm just too bad. I'm just too far gone. I'm just this. I'm just that. And it's just not true. We got to get our big butts out of the way. It's not about our limitations. It's about how big our God is. It's not about our strength. It's about his supernatural ability. What he calls us to won't be difficult. It'll be impossible. Mary could have said, Gabriel, don't you know there's no such thing as a pregnant virgin? You failed angel biology, I'll bet. (laughs) Impossible is what God does, and impossible is where God starts. When it gets too big, that's when God's able to step in on the scene. To add with that, you know, if you're smart enough, educated enough, talented enough to do it in your own strength, then you don't even need God. He's going to ask us to do something that's bigger than what we can do in our own strength, in our own will, in our own intellect, in our own smarts. So when you get to the place where there's no humanly way possible, we often see that that's when God shows up. God operates in the impossible and in miracles. God was saying to Mary, I didn't ask if this was possible. I just need you to say I need you to be willing. I need you to be available. And so as we started today, I'm going to ask again, are you ready to get rid of the buts? Are you ready to get rid of the excuses? And are you ready to say yes to the impossible? We said at the beginning, we're ordinary people, but how many of you want to live an extraordinary life? Mm. I don't want to live an ordinary life. I think we all want to be remembered and leave a legacy of men and women of God. What has God asked you to do? What is God asking you to do? Is it impossible? No problem. That's what he's good at. Will you say, but I might look like a fool. Are you willing to take a chance and look foolish? Will you stop making excuses? Will you get rid of your big butts? Will you take a risk? It's not about you. It's about God's ability. It's about God working through you. And I think this next statement is something so many of us are probably guilty of, including myself at times. Well, I stepped out of the boat once, 
But, you know, my new life, I've got it controlled. It's manageable. I know exactly. Sometimes we get so comfortable living where we at. Where we at? What kind of language is that? <laughs> where we at? Um, we don't need faith to live our Christian walk. And so then are we really living by faith? Are we doing it in our own strength? Are we doing it in our own comfort? Are we doing it with our own intellect? We love our lives very controlled and manage, manageable. Will you step out and say yes again? Will you carry Christ to your generation? Will you be willing to look like a fool? So what Mary did, God used people. I love this part. I'll let you go on. God used, we opened up this Bible. God used hundreds of people that were willing to obey, were willing to look like fools for the kingdom. So you want to tell us some of those? Yeah. Have you know Noah, during the time of Noah, you know, many believe in Scripture, there's no mention that there had ever been rain. And what was an ark anyway? Can you imagine as Noah's building this monstrosity and people are coming up and saying, what you building? He says, an ark. And they say, what's well, an ark? Hmm, I don't really know. Oh, why are you building it? Because it's going to rain. What's rain? Well, I don't really know. Oh. Many believe that the whole earth was like a tropical type climate. It was very humid, but it was tropical, but there had never been rain at that point. So can you imagine if that is true, where that left Noah and his society and his culture that day? Yet Moses could you imagine standing in front of the Red Sea with millions of people, with an army behind you, and a stick in your hand? Sarah, planning to have a baby at her age. The Israelites, by day seven, marching around Jericho. David, standing in front of a giant who's decked out in armor as he's holding his slingshot. Esther, going in before a king when not summoned. Caleb at 85 saying, give me this mountain. Mary, pregnant woman claiming to be a virgin. A wise man, the wise men following a star to find a Messiah. Peter, taking that first step out of a boat. I'll bet you some of the disciples were, were starting to snicker. I hope he goes under. <laughs> The one with the issue of blood, crawling, scratching, so that she can just touch the hem of Jesus' clothes. Paul and Silas, chained and bound in prison, singing praise and worship songs. Little boy of five loaves and two fishes. You got 15,000 people standing there all wanting some. Jesus hanging on a cross, claiming to be the Messiah. No one has ever done anything significant for God without daring to look like a fool. It's not going to make sense to the people around us. In our society today, God is asking, is there anybody that's willing to birth me into their world today? And we know that Noah didn't just save his own whole family. He saved the human race, saved from the flood. We know that Moses used that stick to part the Red Sea. As he obeyed God. We know that Sarah gave birth to Isaac. The Israelites watched the walls of Jericho fall. David slew the giant. Esther stopped a Jewish, a Jewish genocide. Caleb did get Hebron. Mary gave birth to Jesus. The wise men found their Messiah. Peter walked on the water. The woman with the issue of blood was healed. Paul and Silas were freed. The little boy's lunch fed thousands of people, and Jesus got off the cross, raised from the dead, defeated death, overcame the grave, and the same spirit that dwelt in him dwells in us today. Hey, guys, just through Scripture, I don't know, was that probably about 20 examples? God's not a favor of people. He just wants people that are willing to obey he wants people that are willing to, you know, I think, I was thinking about this morning, about this message, you know, we're saying do the impossible. You know, for some of us, the impossible right now may be reading our Bible every day. For some of us, impossible may be loving our spouse the way that Christ asked us to do so. 
And so my challenge today is, what is the Lord asking you to do? Is it to love him every day with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Is it to be that parent? Is it Mother's Day? Is it to be that mom that will pray? That's a pretty big feat. That's a pretty impossible feat to bring up a child in today's society with everything that the enemy has coming against us. Are you willing to get on your knees and pray? Are you willing to be the example? Are you willing to, when you royally mess it up, to repent and say you're sorry to those that you offended and to those that you hurt? Are you willing to be inconvenienced for the one that was willing to give it all for you? Guys, he came, he gave his life, he suffered, he hung on the cross for every single one of you. Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Are you willing to put aside your anger? Are you willing to put aside what's fair to fulfill the call of God upon your life? And so, I don't know if you can tell, but today's message is pretty strong. So I'm not gonna do a bow your head and close your eyes. If you are willing to do what God has called you today to do and look foolish for it, I want you to stand up. God, I'm willing. God, use me. Use me. I'm tired of the excuses. <laughs> I want you right now to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to pray. For some of you, that may be quietly inside. For some of you, that might be right there under your breath. But repent of the excuses. God, I'm sorry for saying I'm too busy. God, I'm sorry for saying I'm too old. God, I'm sorry for saying, well, I'll get myself right once they get themselves together. God, I'm sorry for... Mm, pushing off the responsibilities of what you're asking me to do and you having to try to find somebody else. Lord, we repent as the body of Christ for not doing what your word says this morning. God, we say we're sorry... And God, I thank you that you are a merciful God. I thank you that you are forgiving. But God, I thank you that we have a group of world changers in this place within Church of Harvest, Father. And Father, I just pray for a boldness to rise up on the inside of everybody, Father, that this week as they start to say the but, as they start to think the but, they'll say, uh-uh, uh-uh. I know who the Lord is. He's not a favor. He doesn't favor anybody else over me. And so I'm going to walk with the confidence to know that he's got my back. I'm going to do those hard things. I'm going to be willing. I might go pray for that person and they may not be healed. And that may seem foolish to me, but I'm going to obey and do what the Lord says. As guys, today God is asking, will you put away your butts? Will you dare to look foolish for the sake of the gospel? Mary was willing to risk everything to do what God had called her to do. Our world is desperate today. Our world is so desperate. And sleek, cool Christianity isn't going to cut it anymore. We've got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We've got to step out and do what he's called us to do. God's not looking for comfortable Christians. He's looking for looking for revolutionaries who are willing to risk everything who are willing to pay the price who are willing to say God it doesn't matter the cost I'm going to follow you all the way to the end I'm going to do whatever you've called me to do I'm going to make a difference everything in my life is going to give you glory and honor and praise but we risk everything to give birth to what God has for our world today I want to ask with that said, still with your heads bowed, if that's you and you're here and you, you may recognize that your life just hasn't been right before God. You may, may never have truly dedicated yourself to him, or maybe you have, but you recognize that you are living that, you're truly living that, that relaxed, manageable, controlled, comfortable life. And, 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 and you realize that you're not even really open to what God has for you. And you're re really ready to bring things into alignment today and say, God, 
I'm done with that. I'm done with that safe, manageable, controlled life. And I say yes. If you're here and you would say, I need to dedicate my life to Jesus today, I want you to lift your hand up high for me. Who would say, I need to dedicate my life to Jesus today? Yeah, who else? Look up at me. Yep, all right. Who else? Who else would say, I need to get my life right with the Lord today. I need to get things back into alignment. I'm willing to risk everything to be who God's called me to be. All right. Well, whether you're online or whether you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, doesn't matter. We're going to pray together. And just, just pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. Set your heart and your mind. Focus on him for just a moment. Mean this, these words as we speak them. Allow him to transform you. Let's all say together, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are in control. You are in control. I give up my rights. I give up my controlled life. I give up my managed life. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to step out and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go where you say go and I'm going to do what you say do and I'm going to trust you in the midst of it all. Lead me and guide me. Order my steps. I won't vary to the left or the right. I set my eyes on you. I believe that you are who you say you are. And that you will do what you say you will do. And I dedicate myself to you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me to be everything that you've called me to be. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. I just want to add to that. You know, I told you at the beginning, I believed that the Holy Spirit was going to speak. And even during the message today, I believe that the Lord was saying he spoke to several of you. And you've already started questioning. He said, write down what I told you and start doing it. Write down what I've told you and start doing it. Start doing it afraid until you don't fear anymore. Don't let the enemy come in and say, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't the Lord. And you guys know, the ones that that's for specifically, you're kind of feeling on the inside like, yep, okay, God, I got it. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.